Bible tonight, turn if you would to Galatians chapter number 4, page 1245. you got a Schofield King James Bible. And um, page 1245. And um, the help of God, they were just the next couple, few weeks. We don't have very many services left before Christmas. But I want to, just, just a thought that's in my heart and will be for the next few weeks on why I still believe in Christmas. Why I still believe in Christmas. Now I need to correct something because your perception of Christmas may be different than the perception of Christmas that I have. Your perception of Christmas might be a Christmas tree. Your perception of Christmas might be gifts. Your perception of Christmas might be stress because you're having to spend money. Your perception of Christmas might be how am I going to buy that perfect gift or make sure that kid's happy only to find when when you work and labor, they'll lay aside the gift and play with the box. Amen. And so at the end of the day, your perception a Christmas might be a little bit different from mine or from the perception of the Word of God. And so I'd like to just take a few services and one more time remind us what this time of year is really all about. If you find your place, let's all stand together. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come... God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Just one verse. Let's read it together. Ready? But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. If I had a thought tonight, it would simply be this. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. So let's go to the throne of grace. Brother Brother Scott, would you please pray, my friend? Amen. You'll be seated. Andrew Fletcher, the Scottish politician who lived over 400 years ago, said this, Let me write the songs of a nation, and I don't care who writes the laws. And I do believe he was really on to something. Now this is not current. This is in 2013. The top ten Christmas songs in 2013. Here's what the word. Number 10, Holly Jolly Christmas. Number 9, Feliz Navidad. Guess that's right. Number 8, Underneath the Tree. Number 7, White Christmas. 
Number six, Little Drummer Boy. Number five, Jingle Bell Rock. Number four, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Number three, The Christmas Song. I'm not even sure what that one was. Anyway, number two, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? And the number one song in 2013, All I Want for Christmas is You. (laughs) If someone came to our country had never been here, and just turned on and listened to the music, it is doubtful that they would ever get the idea that the holidays had anything to do with a baby boy named Jesus born 2,000 years ago. As a matter of fact, the first time a spiritual song even showed up on the list in 2013. And this is in 2013. Now you say, but we're in 2016. It's gotten better. I doubt very seriously and much of anything is getting better. 2016, I doubt if it's any better. But silent, the first Christmas song, spiritual Christmas song to make the list was number 27, Silent Night. And another one, didn't make the list until number 53, Do You Hear What I Hear? Go to any neighborhood, you'll see more Santa Clauses, you'll see more um, major scenes, a few, but mostly snowmen and sleighs, very little to do with Jesus. As I, and I, I'll be honest, I, I'm convinced that if you take Jesus... In Bethlehem, out of the picture, there is no Christmas. There is no Christmas. I'm almost amazed at how many, if I were to tonight, and I'm not going to, I'm not, so don't be alarmed. But if I were to line up all the kids that's under six years of age or seven years of age, maybe even eight years of age, and say, listen, what is Christmas all about? Presents. And I'm not against that. Don't, don't boo me out. Don't go home and say the preacher said, y'all not buy presents for the kids. I understand all of that. But should we not somewhere get back to Christmas, not of the Santa Claus, but of the Savior? Not of reindeer, but of the Redeemer. And not of the North Pole, but of Bethlehem. And I want us to learn tonight, or at least introduce to you, why the birth of Jesus was like was, was unlike any other birth before Him or after Him. Now, the amazing thing is this, we're not exactly sure of the year that Jesus was born. As a matter of fact, we're not absolutely certain of the day. I won't debate with you. We, we celebrate on December the 25th, and I'm good with that. But the truth of the matter is, we don't know exactly the date. There are some that have written and said that Jesus was probably born more in April or March or April or May because shepherds were still in the field, and many, many say that shepherds would not have been in the field in December. It had been too cold, and... And so I don't know all about that, but I do know this. We celebrate on December the 25th. But I will tell you this much. He was not born one minute too early. He was not born one minute too late. 
He was born right on time. Right on time. In fact, his birth illustrates a, a, a principle that's just absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I found this little article and I, I just loved it and been hunting for a place to share it, but just how amazing some things really are. And we see them all the time. As a matter of fact, I thought about Bill because he likes baseball. Someone is, now read this, this article. Said hitting a baseball has been described as the single most difficult feat in all sport. Imagine the high, the hand eye coordination it takes to make contact with a little white sphere that is traveling at 95 miles per hour using a piece of wood that's two and three quarters inch wide and you have, and you have to swing it over 60 miles per hour. And the, the distance there is point zero, uh, 0.45, guess hundreds or thousands of a second to predict when the ball will be there. And the difference between a home run and a foul is 0.01 hundreds or thousands, whatever, what is that brother? What's hundreds or thousands? Zero point zero. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not the only one didn't know. Amen. Hundreds. Zero point zero one hundredth of a second is the difference between a home run and a foul ball. I thought that's amazing. What's even more amazing was when Jesus was born, how special that day was. Why was Jesus born then? Why didn't he come earlier? Why did Jesus wait around a, a minimum of a thousand, thousands of years before Jesus came on the scene? Well, Paul answers that question. And Paul didn't speak a whole lot about the birth of Jesus. But he did in answering that little question when he made this, this statement. He said, and when the fullness of time when the fullness of time, that word fullness has the ideal of being completed. It really, it really has the ideal of this, of, of a pregnant woman giving delivery. That's what the fullness of time truly means. It has the ideal of no point of time. And, and so someone said, well, why wasn't he born in the days of Isaiah or David or Ezekiel or Moses? Well... When everything was in place, when all the pieces were on board, when everything was perfectly lined up in the fullness of time. I guess what I want you to get tonight, if you don't get anything else, Jesus coming was not some haphazard, accidental thing that happened. It was done with the greatness of a holy God and it was exactly the right moment, the right time, exactly the right place. Wow. Oh, that blesses my soul. 2,000 years ago, at the exact date, exact place, Jesus said, now, the fullness of time, now, right this moment, He was delivered. And boy, His timing was perfect. You say, well, why was His... Timing everything. Why was timing such a big deal? Let me say, first of all, 
Timing was culturally perfect. Culturally perfect. Jesus was not born into a world. Jesus was born into an empire. During the time Jesus was born, the Roman Empire was the most powerful empire in existence in its day. As a matter of fact, the Roman Empire was never defeated outwardly. It was defeated internally. It became so corrupt that it imploded within itself. But there never was an enemy outside the Roman Empire that destroyed it. And it was in the midst of this great Roman Empire that Jesus was born. As a matter of fact, Roman Empire has actually been built upon the foundation of the second greatest empire in history, and that was the Greek Empire. Go back 350 years and uh, before Jesus was born, this great military leader, Alexander the Great, set out to conquer the entire world in 12 years. He had done exactly that, just 12 years. I read somewhere one time where he literally had a fit because he couldn't, he didn't have any more worlds to destroy. And at his side was a Greek philosopher by the name of Aristotle. And Aristotle becomes so influential that the entire world became Greek in its culture, philosophy, building, architecture, drama, literature, and thought. But the most important thing that happened during that day was the world adopted a one universal language, the Greek language. After Alexander died, four of his generals divided the empire into four different sections, North Africa, Europe, Asia, and Middle East. But the Greek was made the universal language. And in Egypt, about 200 years before Jesus was born, the Hebrew Scriptures was translated into Greek into a book called the Serpentinget, which was the Bible that Jesus and the first disciples preached from an early church. Come into a world that was culturally perfect. Not only that, he came into a world that time was politically perfect. When you go back in history of other empires, normally when one country conquers another country, then another country, then another country, the more people you conquer, the more territory you want, the harder it is to maintain stability. And usually, usually, and the empire didn't fall from without, they usually fell from within. But the reason the Roman Empire becomes so strong for so long was because the Romans were able to foster an economy and a political stability that was unprecedented in its day. From 27 B.C. to 180 A.D., over 200 years, there was what's known as a Pax Romana, meaning Roman peace. And Jesus was born in that time that peace reigned universally across the Roman Empire. It's amazing. The Romans had a god they called Janus, which was where we get our name January from. And it was God of war. And when the doors of the temple of Janus were open, it meant that war was going on. 
When the doors was closed, it meant that there was total peace. When Jesus was born, now don't you listen? You say, why are you going to all this detailed stuff? I want you to know the timing was everything. When Jesus was born, for the only second time in history, the Roman Empire, those doors were closed. And for 200 years, the church could go anywhere in the Roman Empire and preach and teach the good news of Jesus Christ to the world that was basically at peace. Because the world was at peace, it could devote, because the empire was at peace, it could devote its manpower and, and money and resource to the building, an infrastructure that's, that to this day is second to none. Someone had made this simple, said all roads lead to Rome because our Romans, our road systems as we know them today started in Rome. The Roman Empire built those roads. In many cases, and all roads led to Rome. Under Augustus Caesar, for the very first time Jesus was born, they instituted what's literally the first highway patrol ever known to existence. They would place soldiers at certain points on that road to ensure the safety of the travelers. The Romans initiate. Boy, I, I was thinking about hiding you and Miss uh, Tina will, will appreciate this. They instituted the first postal system. The Romans were the first post people system that has ever known. And letters could be written and carried to all these different places. Timing was everything. And, and timing was, was culturally perfect. Politically perfect. But it was scripturally perfect. It really wouldn't matter how right things were politically or how right things were culturally if they were just not perfectly right spiritually and they weren't. You need to understand something. The Jewish nation of the Old Testament that Jesus was born in was not the Jewish nation of the Old Testament. That first nation had been divided into two nations because of civil war between the North Kingdom and, and Southern Kingdoms of Judah after Solomon passed the scene. And because of the disobedience of the northern kingdom, they've been taken into captivity over 700 years. And, and so the Jewish people were literally dispersed all around the world. And so the, the Jewish people, as, as, as the Old Testament was given, was, was no longer when Jesus come on the scene. Because of that, because of that, the Christians would go into the synagogues where they would preach and teach the Word of God. That's the reason why everywhere you find, and you know, if you know your Bible, Paul would go into a foreign city, and the first thing that he would find was the synagogue where the Jews would be preaching or teaching the Word of God. Because he knew he would find there a congregation of Jews that were looking for the promised Messiah. When Jesus comes on the scene, they have been looking, they have talked about it, they've been looking for years. And when Paul comes on the scene, he comes to tell them. And John comes preaching the same, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world, all of these. So why was Jesus born on this day? He was born this day 
It wasn't, it wasn't just a wimp of God. It wasn't just drawing straws or flipping a coin. God has never said whatever. Jesus was born in an appointed time and appointed place within a generation after his within a generation after his death. He was worshipped in every foreign country within the Roman Empire. And just within just three centuries, his faith was the official religion of the empire. Timing was everything. God is never early and he's never late. How many of you have made this statement if God tarries? We'll do this. And I mean, made that, I've made that statement. But the truth of the matter is, God doesn't tarry at all. God's never early. And God's never late. He's always on time. He's always doing His business. He was born into a world that spiritually, that was, that was spiritually perfect. Timing was everything. And tonight, what we must do we must get back to lifting up that Savior that was born at exactly the right time and the right day and the right hour. And, and it's not going to be up to the world to do this. They're just going to argue about a, a manger scene and, 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 and this kind of stuff. Oh, no, no. It's up to you and I one more time to gather our families around and these these children around and one more time say, listen, before we we open the gift, before we we, we talk about the presents, before we we Facebook what we got for Christmas, before we do any of those things, let's lift up the blessed Lamb of God. We've got to get back to lifting Him up. It's not up to the world to do this. You ask the, you ask the average individual in this world, ask the average one, what's Christmas about? Now say, well, I just tell you, man, it's, it's just a hard time for me. And boy, I'm going to tell you, we got to work so hard on the job and, and, and it's this and it's this. And, and, and let me say this. What, what challenges my heart, and I love you tonight so much, what challenges my heart, we're as stressed as the world. I started to say some of you had to have a half a dozen Prozacs this week, but, I to talk, but I'm not going to do that because somebody might be on Prozac and you get all sideways. But if you are, I don't know it. Being amazing, we'll, 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 we will be so stressed trying to keep up, trying, trying to fulfill. And, and, and the reality is, I believe we have lost three things that I believe has been so lost in our Christmas. Number one, we've lost the person of Christmas. In that day when Jesus was born, that little manger. Now, I don't know what your perception of this was. I know what Hollywood makes it, and, uh, and I know how, how they depict it, but the truth of the matter was, it was probably just a little old cave where they would feed the animals. And um, they would have a little old feeding trough to where they would feed the animals. Called, and, and as they went in there to stay, that night she gave birth. 
And she wrapped Jesus up in, in, in swaddling clothes, which was basically used to clean the animals. And how, how many of you ever milked a cow? You know, I, how many of you know milk comes from a cow? How many of you have no idea that milk comes from a cow? And uh, you you go to you go to milk you you got to get you got to clean that clean everything before you start milking. And uh, and those swaddling clothes they would Jesus was born and was wrapped in them. Can, can I ask you a question? What was everybody else doing? Everybody else was celebrating. Everybody else was there uh, uh, paying their taxes. Everybody else was doing their own business. Everybody was busy, busy, busy. And the very God of heaven took off His royal garments, put on a robe of flesh, and came born as a baby in a manger. And they missed it. They totally missed it. They totally missed it. A few wise men got it. Some shepherds got it. Angels definitely got it. But the majority of the people missed the person of Jesus Christ. Can I say this tonight? Are we missing Him? Are we missing him? I'm, I, I'm, and I'm all for Christmas. I, one year I had a fellow come by and he said, you know, bless God, you, you, you just tell the will of God putting up a Christmas tree. I don't, I don't get that crazy, okay? I'm not even going to debate people like that. But I am going to tell you this much though. While we will run and be stressed and, and God help you. Oh, please, church. Please, you young families, don't go in debt and pay for the next 10 years for Christmas. Oh, I would do all of those things. Then when Christmas is over and the day after, we look back and say, well, what was all that about? We missed the person. Missed the person. May I say number two? We missed the purpose. Second purpose of Christmas, it's his birthday. How many of you kids here tonight? Look up, all you kids, look up here at the preacher right now. All you kids, how many of you like birthdays? Amen. How many? Y'all like birthdays? Y'all like birthdays? Oh, isn't it amazing? Wouldn't it be something if the mom and daddy threw you a birthday party and I showed up and took all your gifts? What if I showed up at your birthday party and I said, listen, you made me forget about, don't sing happy birthday to them, sing it to me. I'm taking over your birthday party. While some of you adults, you, 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 you'd have a panic attack. You'd, go and, you'd have a fit. Adults, I find sometimes worse than you. If it's your birthday party and you had it to a fish camp and I walked in and said, listen, I know it's your birthday party, but you tell them to bring me the cake, sing happy birthday to me. Those waitresses saying, you know, I do that to Darlene. She better not never do that to me. Anyway, let's move on. I want you to know, wouldn't it be something if it's your birthday? Somebody's birthday's today. Whose birthday's today? 
Corey's. Beth, didn't you just have a birthday? When? Friday. Boy, wouldn't it be something? It's your birthday, Beth. And all of a sudden, somebody comes in. Wouldn't it be something Elijah come in and said, Listen, everything you're going to say or do for Beth, send it to me. I'm, I'm, I'm taking her birthday. But you know what we're doing? Every Christmas, we go to Jesus and say, We're taking your birthday. We're taking your birthday. It is amazing. And we've lost the purpose more than the third. Most of all, we've lost the plan. Jesus didn't come but for one reason. And that was to seek and to save that which was lost. When Jesus took off His royal garments... When Jesus laid them all aside, Brother Joe had you in mind, had me in mind, had Miss Darling, had everyone here tonight that knows Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He did all of that with you in mind because He came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know what the plan was? Man, close my mind. The plan was for a little 11 year old boy sitting at Icarus Grove Baptist Church. And Paul Robinson was preaching on the prodigal son. That wasn't me. That's my brother Robert. He talked about how he took everything and wasted it. I said, Amen. Amen. That's good. That's right. But then that preacher stopped and said, But let's talk about the boy that stayed at home. He did everything his dad asked him to do. I said, that, that, That's me. That's me. I mean, it was good. And then all of a sudden, he said, He's as wicked and lost as the prodigal, and had to get saved exactly the same way. I said, oh gosh, I wasn't expecting that. And that Sunday morning, I walked an aisle and trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. The plan for that first Christmas, and timing was everything. The plan was that I might be saved. You got a story. I hope you got a story. I hope you have a time and a place. And Jesus did everything exactly on time. In the fullness of time. It was the exact time to be born. There was an exact time that Jesus should die. There was an exact time that He should be raised. And there was an exact time we should ascend in heaven. And there was an exact time when He's coming again. Someone said, oh Lord, you, 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 you reckon, uh, you talk to people and they'll say, well Jesus is coming, are you ready? Oh, I've always heard that. Yeah, I've, I've heard that all my life, preacher. I've heard all that stuff. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says He's coming and He's coming again. And it'll be exactly at the right time. May I say in closing tonight, 
There is an exact time for you to put your faith in Jesus. And that time is right now. You're not an accident here tonight. There, you, you, you just didn't haphazardly make it here tonight. You're here tonight, and it's exactly the right time. The Bible says today is a day of salvation, right now. As we approach this Christmas, many of you are, are stressed. I, I, I encourage you. I encourage you. You won't, need, you won't even need any, any nerve pills for this. Don't get offended if you want nerve pills. But you won't even need any nerve pills for this. If you're stressed, why don't you just get back to basics and realize why Jesus, why we have Christmas. Just get back to basics. How many of you like us? We got more stuff than we need. And the truth is, we don't really need anything. I mean, it's like that. We don't really need much of anything. Why don't we get back to basics? I've always been very proud of my family. Always. But I don't know if I've been more proud of them than out this week. I'm not so sure that just maybe they're getting it, what this thing's all about. I want to publicly say I'm so proud of my family. So proud of them. Not because they're perfect, because they're not. I know them. The only one perfect in the family is the patriarch, me. No, 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 no. Some of you look like you need to smile. (laughs) No, they're not perfect. But I think maybe they're getting it. When Jesus left glory to come to a little manger scene and be born, He came with one purpose, to seek and save me. And to seek and save you. He didn't come for Himself. He came for someone else. I wonder whose life will be different. I'm not, I, I think we want to do for our children. And I understand children. Need, I understand all that. Don't boo me out. I'm talking about whose life will be different because you decided not to think about yourself, not to be hung up on yourself and say, I wonder what Jesus would want me to do this year. And just did it. Nothing, no expectations in return. Just, just did it. Because you know why? Timing is everything. And Jesus came exactly at the right time. And tonight, if you don't know Him, you're in the, the right place at exactly the right time. We have the right Bible. We have the right God that will save you. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed.